Hello, hello. Welcome to Yay for Growth. I'm your host, Savannah Zipak, and this is a podcast where we have really deep conversations. So get comfortable, take a deep breath, check in with yourself, and let's get started. Hello, everybody. It has certainly been a long week. It feels like it has been forever since I recorded an episode, but it's really been like a week and a half, maybe. I'm slurring my words. It is 6.30 in the morning. The birds are chirping, and I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. I can't wait to take a nap later. Um, But for today's chat, we have a couple different interesting topics. It's kind of going to be like last week's episode where... I just have a list of a couple things that I want to talk about um, as well as the typical check-in. So that's what we're going to do and I'm really excited. Uh, To start off, um, I haven't really mentioned this in a while, but I just wanted to remind you all that you can support the podcast financially if you wanted to. Uh, The link is in the podcast description for Anchor, where you can pay as little as 99 cents a month to support the podcast. I do put a lot of time and planning into it, and so it means a lot. Um, Yeah, but no pressure to do that for sure. But another quick announcement, I will be opening the applications for the podcast back up pretty soonly. March 12th, I think, is the date I had. Okay, so March 12th, I'll be opening them back up and you will be able to fill it out. Now, instead of having a free-for-all calendar where you tell me what date works for you, I'm just going to have available time slots that are first come, first serve for people to sign up for because it definitely makes scheduling a little bit easier on my end and less stressful because I can plan my schedule. You know what I mean? Like I don't just I'm not just waiting for application responses and for interviews to come up. I already have these times allotted out for them. So that's kind of how it's going to work this time around. But I'm definitely grateful to everyone who applied last time. And there are some interview episodes coming soon. I have about two that I need to put out. So definitely stay tuned for those. Um, I can't wait for you guys to meet the people that I'm interviewing. I don't want to give anything away, but they're going to be really, really freaking amazing. And they're just two people who mean a lot to me who definitely have a lot to offer. So yeah, again, you know, you don't need any credentials or crazy life experience to be on the podcast. It's just if you have a mental health story you want to tell or a healing and wellness topic you are really passionate about talking about, we can definitely make that happen. And I just love, I think, I love the authenticity and everything that comes with interviewing. And it was even like this when I worked on my school newspaper because I was a journalist and a photo editor and then copy editor. And what I liked about interviewing everyday people is the authenticity that comes with it. You know what I mean? Like people who aren't used to being interviewed because it's just very, very like authentic and they appreciate the opportunity to talk and it's just like always the best thing ever. Not to say that anyone who has been interviewed before shouldn't apply. I want you as well because, you know, you're probably awesome. 
But yeah, I just I I think that interviews really have a lot to offer, um, especially with everyday people, and that's kind of the vibe that I want to keep for the rest of the podcast. Um, as far as interviews go, I just want it to be very genuine, very like um, homey. Like I want it to feel like home, you know, because I'm interviewing everyday people, and it should. But with that being said, um, the third announcement I had is that on my Instagram, the dot sacred space, this week is a themed week. I'm theming it uh, journaling. I don't know if I could phrase that a little better, maybe. (laughs) Here we go. The theme for this week is journaling. So definitely head on over there if you're interested. I posted some prompts already. And then for the mental health challenge, which I post Monday through Friday, I always post a mental health challenge. Um, And they're all journal themed. So I basically have a prompt for like each day um, or like a focus for each day for you to journal about. And the goal is really to just get people who aren't making time for journaling to realize like you can just sit down for five to ten minutes max and like ask yourself these questions that can ultimately change your day you know I remember when I did some polls about journaling back when I first started my mental health Instagram and people said like the number one thing that kind of keeps them from journaling is that they like don't know where to start and also too they feel like they don't have the time and I need people to not need. I want people to realize that journaling doesn't have to be this big thing. Like sometimes in our minds, we build things up. And the cool thing about journaling is that you're getting your thoughts out. So it's really ironic and funny that we often like prejudge the way we're going to journal before we do it, which keeps a bunch of people from doing it. I just have so much to say about journaling. I would really, my goal one day like would be to run a workshop on it in addition to making my own like actual, you know how you can buy like the guided journals in like Barnes and Noble or whatever. Um, I would love to actually make one of those in print and sell it. I think that would be like ultimate goals for me, but probably take a couple years. Definitely talk to me later down the line. (laughs) But okay, let's see. We checked off about three announcements. So now we're just going to get into my little check-in, how I'm doing. Currently in this moment, I'm feeling okay, but pretty exhausted. Um, And that's kind of been this whole past week. So I said this week has just been like a lot. Um, It felt really, really long. I just work was just a lot. I was, but you know, in a way I did it to myself. I was putting in overtime um, because I just kind of like need the extra money right now. I have a couple financial goals and things like that. So, you know, I don't even have to explain or justify it, but yeah, I was putting in overtime and so that's on me, but it definitely was just like, I only had time, especially because my shifts are like normally they're 10 hours. So when I do overtime, they're almost like 12 hours, right? So um, it's just been a lot because, you know, I have a pretty long commute. And then on top of that, it's like just everyday chores and things and like doctor's appointments. I've had so many doctor's appointments in the past two weeks. Um, So it was probably, I should have like thought ahead, but probably wasn't a great week to put in overtime because I only had time to literally go to work, do what I had to do, and sleep. 
like nothing more and that's why i like wasn't really that active on my instagram accounts and as well as this episode that's why this episode is getting to you a little bit later than saturday which i'm not gonna apologize for but i just thank everyone for your patience um yeah it's just been a crazy time and i'm feeling really proud of myself though definitely been feeling pretty proud of myself lately um the turning point was really the other day when i just like actually made time to journal and extend self-compassion to myself to be like savannah you're dealing with a lot you have a lot on your plate you're juggling a lot of different things and you're still making time to prioritize your physical health like that has been my number one thing for this month like march i told myself i'm just gonna put my physical health first so sleep food, nourishment, hydration, movement, rest, recovery, like that is my number one because I can't do everything else until my physical self is taken care of. And I kind of learned the um, hierarchy of needs from my friend Jess Palmer, the compassionate CEO. And it's like this pyramid with, you know, you have your physical self, your emotional self, mental self, and um, spiritual self. And it's important to kind of learn the order of that as far as taking care of yourself goes and how you can make room for each of those parts of you. So for me, it's physical self needs to be first because if I'm physically not okay, and that's how it really needs to be for everyone. You know, I mean, I get I'm not like spokesperson for the world, but it's true. There's a reason it's like the bottom of the pyramid because if your physical self isn't okay, I mean, you can't do anything else. You don't have energy for anything else. You can't process anything else. So physical self has definitely been most important lately. So I'm really proud of myself for that 100%. But I am feeling a bit defeated because it's like, I don't know. I just feel like I've been putting in so much and I'm definitely reaping the benefits of my hard work for sure but at the same time I feel defeated because I don't have as much time to like see my friends and do things that like make me happy for example this podcast so I've been like well it's been great that I've been picking up these hours and working but at the same time I just feel so defeated but like this is what anxiety looks like <laughs> and catastrophizing, right? Because this is only one, two weeks out of my life. I already told myself I'm not putting in extra hours next week. And I made a rule with myself when I was journaling. I said, girl, when you have doctor's appointments and a lot of shit going on, do not work overtime. <laughs> because my hours are already a lot. So it's important that I rest and get my sleep. Um, Yeah. Another thing has just been like my asthma has been a lot because the weather's changing. Like we've had some spring-like days, some cold days, and then it switches back. And like for any of you listening that have asthma, you'll understand. But for those that don't, um, asthma sucks. I mean, you feel like your chest hurts. Like you just have chest pains, right? You feel like you're dying and you can't breathe. And so it leads to panic. A lot of people who actually have asthma are on anxiety medication. It's a very common trend because – how can you not be anxious when you don't feel like you can breathe? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of been a thing. But I went to my doctor and she helped me out a little bit and then reassured me that I'm doing 
everything I need to be doing to take care of it. This is just normal asthma. So I was like, thanks, girl. This means a lot. <laughs> my primary care is amazing. Um, and then <laughs> the other thing that sucks is because I was so busy, I haven't really had time to watch Game of Thrones, which in the last episode, I explained how that's like my thing right now is I've been binging Game of Thrones. I've It's my first time watching it. And I only got through like maybe two episodes the past week. Maybe. I fell asleep every time and I was like, fuck. Like, I just need to know what happens. But I don't have the time to watch this or energy because when I watch Game of Thrones, I like to pay attention. Like, I like to just be focusing on it um, with all of my energy. So that's kind of that. So, yeah, things have just been busy, maybe moving a little too fast for me. So what I'm going to do is just prioritize slowing down a little bit. But that's where I'm at. And so I really just want to get into a couple topics I had in mind um, with you guys. Uh, The first one's codependency. And then the second one is like withholding information slash boundaries. So we're going to have a nice little chat about that. And kind of they're just two topics I've been reading a lot about lately. Um, I've just been like, I don't want to say binging, but taking in a lot of content about them from like therapy accounts and things like that on Instagram. I'm just like obsessed with them. And right now they just hit it home. So that's what we're going to talk about. So definitely get settled, get a drink, whatever you need to do to like be ready and be in the space for this conversation. So as I said, the first topic that I really just wanted to talk about was codependency. This has been something So this all started, I think it was like a week or two ago when, now trust me, I've been interested in this topic for a long time because it's something I've struggled with um, for a while, but uh, what really sparked it in recent modern day for me (laughs) is uh, I was listening to this podcast episode, which I'll link in the description of one of my favorite podcasts. It's called Conversations with Kenzie. And sorry, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like swallowing my tea, but you know, when like you go to like drink something and then it like doesn't totally go down your throat. So then you're like swallowing while talking. <laughs> That's happening. But anyways, yeah. So I listened to this episode on her broadcast about it and she had like a really great guest talk about it because it's the work that like she does. Her name is Kylie McBeath, um, who again, I'll I'll link the episode in the description and you can like find them on Instagram from there if you're interested. But like I'm telling you, even if you don't struggle with codependency, I really highly recommend that you listen to this because that episode on that podcast as well as this conversation because even if you don't struggle with it, knowing what codependency actually looks like is very important because you're always going to come across codependent people in your life, whether it be partners through romantic relationships, friends, family, coworkers, whatever. Like, codependency will never not be a thing. I wish it could be eliminated and, like, as humans, we don't learn to cope that way with certain things, but there's no reason to feel bad about it, obviously. I mean, We all just survive the best we know how. But the thing is, once you know better, you want to try to do differently, you know? So, okay, cool, cool, cool. Motorcycle just went by. 
Okay, so um, yeah, so let's start off by saying a couple clarifications. Codependency does not equal clingy. I think when people say codependency, they um, immediately just think of someone who's like a um, kind of like a leech, like they latch onto you or they like suck things out of you <laughs> or like um, maybe are like dependent on someone for a living situation or something like that. Like I think when people think codependent, that's what they think. And granted, the word codependent can in like a, a literal sense, not like a therapy um, kind of psychology sense, it can mean like um, – or you know what? You know what? I think a better way to put it is I think people confuse dependency with codependency and there's a difference you can be dependent on people for certain things and you can also be a very like needy clingy person but that doesn't actually make you codependent where the difference lies is that codependency is when you're trying you know and this is not conscious most of the time it's not conscious when you're regulating your nervous system through someone else. So basically you're focused on balancing the system versus ourselves. Um, basically you're trying to make sure like others are okay because of you. Everything is okay, which then will make you feel okay. You feel the need to make sure everything is okay. Like that's a big hallmark of it. You know, kind of like, uh, others must be taken care of before you can be kind of deal. Like, you don't focus on yourself. You're so focused on the system or other people and regulating that instead of regulating yourself. And by regulating that, you kind of do regulate yourself. But the reason it's codependency and a problem is that you cannot control other people. You cannot make sure everything is okay all the time in the external world. So that's why it becomes a problem because you're just constantly miserable you're constantly exhausted and drained because you, you're like, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving so much. I'm doing so much for people. I'm doing so much, but I have nothing, like, I don't feel okay in return. Like, like, you just, you do so much and then so you expect to receive as much as you're giving and you don't realize you're doing this. You, you expect to receive as much as you're giving and then when you don't, it's like the worst feeling, like everything comes crashing down. And I remember that's a big hallmark of how I used to feel when I was in the height of my codependency, my longest relationship. Like, I just remember being like, I'm doing all these things for you and like showing you all this love and like I'm not getting the same excitement or amount in return when really it was just a, I was just not focusing on myself like I was just pouring pouring into this person instead of really just you know focusing on myself first and then the relationship um so if any of that sounds familiar to you you might struggle with codependency or know somebody who does um yeah it it sucks it's really heavy and it's just been a topic I've been so interested in lately. Um, codependency is something that can often just start with small things. Like like let's say growing up you're the child that felt like, you know, you kind of just need to people please. 
and make sure everyone in your family is okay because maybe they were all over the place emotionally. Like that's a very common situation where it stems from or starts. It's like when you grow up with people who can't regulate their own emotions. So then you try to regulate their emotions to make sure everything's okay. But in the process, you're not regulating yourself. So it just becomes exhausting because and it creates anxiety because you constantly cannot control and you fear losing control, but you try to control, but you can't. So it's just like this really vicious cycle. And it can be so exhausting. It can be so exhausting. I've struggled with it, um, you know, like I said, in past relationships. I'm so happy to say that I'm definitely like a lot better with it now. But I definitely still see it come up like in my family relationships. And, um, you know, it's it's never not going to come up. Like an interesting thing I learned was I think it was when I was listening to Just Break Up. Sierra said something about because she has uh, the host of the podcast just break up like she was talking about how she has an anxious attachment style and she said something like along the lines of how she tried to at first she would always try to change that about herself she would try to change the fact that she has an anxious attachment style but instead once she started just accepting it is the only time she started healing from it is because it's like we don't need to change ourselves like you know what I am who I am I struggle with this and this is how my brain processes things and when you accept it is when you can actually start making room for improving it and behaving differently and you know replacing destructive behaviors with supportive healthy behaviors um, and that's how I feel about like me and my codependency is like, I just always remind myself, like, it's something about me that's just never going to go away. Granted, it flares up if you're partnered with the wrong person or people. Like if you're just around the wrong people, especially people with, like avoidant attachment styles or people who are very emotionally explosive, like it can be really hard So it's important when you struggle with codependency to definitely be choosy about like who you're close to. You definitely want more like stable, reliable people, Um, people that are more uh, secure attachment are definitely easier when you struggle with things like anxiety, codependency, anxious attachment, whatever. Uh, But that being said you know, it's still always going to be there when you learned that coping mechanism, that survival method. Um, when you learned that, I mean, that's, it's condi- you conditioned yourself, right? So it's not going to go away out of the blue or right away, whatever. And I think I, I try to work towards accepting that part of myself and just reminding myself to keep people in my life who I can be honest with it about and people who allow me the space to work like to work on it. And that's just so important to me. Like that part of me is never going to change. And I know it's like that for so many people. And that's why I'm explaining this because I want you to see that like nothing is quote unquote wrong with you. If you're like anxious or 
codependent or any other type of just emotional coping mechanism that you developed, whatever it is, like you learned it at some point in order to survive whatever you were going through. And now you know better. So you can change the behavior. You can quote unquote do better. But you need to accept that that's what you learned. So it's not going to change right away. And you need people who accept that and support that and allow room for that. And you need to do that for yourself first, right? So it's really important to me to have people who, you know, are maybe okay giving me a little bit of reassurance every now and then or clarifying things maybe a little bit more than normal. But it's also important to me that I check in with myself and do the work and be like, okay, am I asking for too much reassurance? Am I trying to like be the peacekeeper too much? Am I focusing on controlling others versus controlling myself? That's what it really boils down to. And that's the, that's the big thing is like you try to control others rather than controlling yourself. But it's like in efforts to control yourself. Like you think once everybody else is calm, you will be calm. And that's really not how it goes. It's actually sometimes much the opposite when we focus on controlling ourselves and staying calm. You know, calm is contagious. And so we stay calm. You'll find that other people are calm too, you know, but sometimes they're not. And then you know what you get to just be is like an observer. You literally just get to be an outside observer. And at first it's going to feel uncomfortable because you're going to be like, wow, I want to control this shit. Like I want to change what everybody's doing right now. I want to make things better. I want to, I can see how things can be made better. You're going to want to meddle. You're going to want to do something. So it's going to be very uncomfortable, very resistant. You're going to feel like a kid on the edge of their seat um, with like candy being dangled in front of them. Is pretty much what it feels like. But let me tell you, it's worth sitting through that discomfort the first few times. And as you work through codependency or maybe your loved one does or this or that, it's important to remember that while they work on – or I'm just going to say you. While you work – no, I'll say a codependent person. While a codependent person works on responding to things versus reacting to things, like, so when they work on just, like, being calmer, um, or not being calmer, when they work on reserving their need to, like, meddle and control, it's not gonna be, like, perfect every time. Chances are they might end up reacting like they normally do to something, and, like, asking for validation right away or telling you what to do or telling you how to change things or you might you know right away like without even realizing it if you struggle with it a codependent person would start to try to like regulate the system without even realizing it with little things like I just said maybe telling somebody to do something or trying to calm them down like you don't even realize you're doing it you just offered it because it's what you've been doing for so long so it's normal for a codependent person when they're trying to quote-unquote heal from the codependency or learn like more healthy behaviors to break the codependency 
to still do that every now and then. So it's important to be patient with yourself if it's you and whoever it is in your life if it's them and they're working on it. Um, but the craziest thing is like, I don't know, when you start doing this work on yourself, you begin to see it on other people. And then I know for me in my experience that has made me like want to try to help other people. But like if people don't want to be helped, they don't want to be helped. People have to want to do the work on their own. And you have to just realize that like you can beg and plead and you can send somebody all the information in the world. Like I know that's how I was for a little while with one of my family members. I would send them all the articles in the world, all the information try and just spell it out for them but it's still they just weren't interested and one day it hit me when my therapist and I might have said this on a previous episode but she turned to me and she was like Savannah do you ever think that maybe not everyone prioritizes therapy the way you do (laughs) and I was like oh shit you just called me out because it's an important realization to make like you can only control yourself And that's what it boils down to with codependency, with all mental illness, is like you can only control yourself. You cannot control what's going on around you, the people around you, how they handle situations. And you, especially once you start healing, cannot make anybody else heal. You can share what you're going through, maybe inspire people, but the people closest to you that you might want to work on themselves you you can't make that happen they have to want it you know and so you have to ask yourself do I accept this person for who they are now knowing they don't work on this the way I do or the way I want them to do I accept them as they are now can I do that can I live with that or is this a relationship I need to cut off or let go of because they're not doing the work And we're in different places and it strains our relationship and drains me as a result. Because it can be one or the other. Sometimes we just have to accept people and the fact that they won't be on their healing journeys and have our boundaries and we can maintain relationships with them and still enjoy time with them and love them. Love is about acceptance. But it can be the other side of the coin a lot of the time where you're just like, If things don't change from the way they are now, this person does not meet me where I'm at. I cannot keep doing this. And I have been there so much in the past year because I did so much therapy. Like, it is ridiculous how many people I've had to just, like, distance myself from and let go of because I'm like, I just can't do it. We're on different journeys and that's okay but they can no longer meet me where I'm at emotionally, mentally, spiritually. It's just not working. And of course, there's other relationships like family where it's like, you know, you might feel bound to them in a, in a way where you're like, I want the relationship. And sometimes I don't want the relationship, you know? So it's really important to ask yourself this. And that's all to, like that's all to say if you really think somebody has like a problem with codependency, like it's really bad to the point it's hurting 
not only themselves, but other people in their life, definitely go to them with your concerns in an appropriate way. Because codependency, people live their whole life sometimes being like that and then being miserable because of it and missing out on life and opportunities because they're prioritizing the external world versus their internal. So, yeah. In case you're wondering what I've been obsessed about lately, what's been on my mind a lot of the time during my 10-hour shifts, (laughs) it's codependency. I've just been thinking so much about it, like my progress with it, all the information I'm learning and gathering. It's just, it's pretty wild, man. It's pretty wild. So next we're going to talk about um, like withholding information and boundaries, which can be like kind of related. So um, I'm kind of excited. It's definitely a little shorter. I'm not going to rant as much about it, but it's pretty good. Okay, so when I said like withholding information and boundaries, like you're probably like, what does that even mean? Like, what are you getting at? So some content that I've been taking a lot, like, let me rephrase that. A lot, some content that I've been consuming a lot lately has been, in addition to codependency, has been a lot about how part of boundaries and self-respect can actually be withholding information from certain people. So I'm going to read you this post. And this post is from uh, Nidra Glover Tawab. She's a therapist on Instagram. She has an amazing account, which I post a lot of her stuff. And she has taught me so much. But I'm going to read this post. She goes, you don't have to share everything with everyone and you can be selective in what you share repeat after me and i'm gonna read a few of these bullet points i don't have to share before i'm ready i don't have to share with people who have a track record of harshly criticizing me i don't have to share with people who attempt to one-up me i don't have to share with people who will tell everyone without my permission I don't have to share with people just because they are demanding information. Yeah. Are you feeling it right now? Because I'm feeling it. (laughs) I always feel so called out when I read that. But like it's been something I've been practicing ever since I moved home to New Jersey. Because when I decided to change jobs and make that move and this and that, it changed a lot for me and just a lot of things in my dynamics with like my relationships and stuff changed this winter and I just came to a lot of realizations kind of with the help of my mom because I was going through like all of this stuff and I was getting myself worked up and anxious about it because I was like I haven't told so-and-so this or this or I told whoever this and it like didn't go well and all the stuff and she goes savannah savannah my one wish for you is that you realize you don't have to explain yourself to anyone 
that you don't have to tell everybody everything. You don't have to justify anything to anyone. (laughs) And I was just like, you know what? You're right. Like, I just remember that conversation so vividly. Everything shifted. I was in December and my mom was completely right. Like all my life I have lived thinking that part of being a good person is being really honest and open about things, being an open book per se. And in a lot of ways I am an open book and I love sharing what I go through because I know it helps other people. But also it just makes me happy to share things. Like I love documenting. I think there's so much beauty in being able to like document that this happened on this day at this time. Like I just, I love it. But at the same time, it can actually be an act of self-harm to be too honest with the wrong people and, or not too honest, too open with the wrong people and to overshare and to share where it doesn't serve you to share information and also like share before you're ready to share. That's a big one for me is I thought that friendship was being able to talk about anything and everything. And then I realized I had some friends who would press for information from me just to press for information from me, just to know everything. They would be intrusive just to do it. Not realize. And if I said like, I don't want to talk about it, they'd be like, come on. Like, they would try and pull it out of me. And, yeah, so that's something big that I've learned this winter. But the past few weeks I've been reading a lot about as well because I've been trying to put it in action. Like, I came to that realization in December with my mom and then I put it into action. And I have to say, my life has felt a lot less pressure since I've started doing that. I used to feel pressure to keep everyone updated about everything in my life and to tell them everything. Like, for example, a really good example is my dating life. You know, I would have certain people in my life that would just constantly ask for updates, how dates went, if I had sex with so-and-so, like, (laughs) all of these details that I'm like, I would give because I felt like I had to. But I would have a knot in my stomach the whole time and then I'd feel shitty after. And then also too, I would sometimes share it with people who didn't give the best feedback or support. And then it makes you feel shitty and question your decisions and things like that. So that's a really great example. So, I mean, granted, I haven't really been dating that much um, since everything went down in December. But like... I decided around then that when it comes to anything, dating, love, relationships, I'm not giving people every detail of it until it's something promising and important and until I know they're going to be supportive and positive. And oh my God, I saw this other post. It was like worded so perfectly. Here we go. It's by the holistic psychologist. Very similar thing on boundaries. Um, She made this post boundaries sound like and one of the examples she gave was I am not looking for feedback or advice right now. And for me, that's fucking huge. So I'm trying to implement that like this month. That's my goal. Whenever I talk to people about things, if I'm really just wanting to like tell them so they could know me better and know what's going on but not get their feedback because 
that's just not what I'm looking for to practice saying that. I'm not looking for advice or feedback right now. I'm just telling you this because I want you to know. And if you cannot listen without giving me advice and feedback that I'm not asking for, then I'm not going to have this conversation. And it might sound harsh if you're not used to boundaries and things like that. It might sound harsh, but it's actually self-respect. And it's okay that it's uncomfortable. And you might feel weird doing it the first few times. I know I'm probably going to. So far, I've just been in the phase of withholding information and not giving people every detail when I know they're either not going to, one, be supportive or, two, um, they're just, like, prying for more. And it just – I don't want to give more genuinely. So that's kind of something I've just been, like, obsessed with lately. It's an act of self-respect. Like, it's really – and it's a learning process. And at first, I was beating myself up for it. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I told this person this and I can't believe – so-and-so reacted this way. I just shouldn't have told them, blah, 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 blah. But then I'm realizing, like, I deal with every other topic with my mental health and therapy and healing and wellness is that, like, no, this is, this is an adventure. This is an exploration. This is fun. This is me discovering how I want to live my life and, like, go about handling these situations and my boundaries. Like, it's fun, you know? And something related to that, it's like related but not related, is like when you have conflict in relationships. You know you have a good partner when it's someone who welcomes the conflict as a chance to grow, to learn more about each other. Or even friend or family member can be your platonic relationships as well, 100%. Like you need people in your life who, of course, they don't want conflict, right? They don't try to start it. But when it comes, they welcome it. You know what I mean? Like as a chance to grow with you, as a chance to learn more about you, to grow in your relationship together. I think it's beautiful. Like having conflict with healthy people in your life, in healthy relationships, I should say, can actually be really beautiful. (laughs) Like I think it's pretty cool when – I either have a disagreement or a conversation with someone about something that upset us or like we went through and you can like talk about it and work through it and then you end up learning more about the person and it gets resolved and you come to an understanding like it can just be one of the most beautiful things. I just think human like interpersonal relationships are so fascinating. They really are. And I ask myself all the time like Savannah, why are you not going into therapy as a profession? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens one day, fam. But as for right now, that's all I have for you. I think that concludes our conversation. Thank you so much for sticking around. Um, If you want to follow the podcast, you can at Yay for Growth Pod. Have a lovely rest of your day, whatever it is, wherever you are. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Bye-bye. And remember... There is nothing wrong with you for the survival and coping mechanisms that you developed to navigate your way through the waters that is life. Learn more, know better, do better. Every day is practice. Namaste.